I think this is important that you really give choices to the people to experience also the digital work very well so that you have special rooms also in universities where people can work together from different locations so that you have uh, good techniques so it's really important it works that you have a machine where you can connect and talk to somebody who is thousands of miles away from you and when you uh, provide people with the opportunities to live a healthy life you signal to them as an employer that you care about them and when and people are very attuned to those signals that's why things like bathroom design matters so much because that's a signal of how concerned you are about the well-being and life of yeah. the people who, who work for you. Hi, I'm Paul Miller and this is Digital Workplace Impact where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. Great to be sitting with um, two guests here at the Workplace Trends event. Um, so I'm delighted to be with Sally Augustin. Uh, Sally is a principal at Design with Science and did a fascinating talk about what I'll describe as the sort of ethnic, regional, cultural differences between people on this planet. Um, and I'm also delighted to be joined by Christine Colette. Um, Christine is the co-author of a beautiful book called Space for Creative Thinking, along with Scott Cooper, and is involved with an organization called RBS Group. And your talk was really around kind of physical workplace and what makes us feel feel good and i i just really was struck when you were talking christine about the six well-being dimensions which you talked about optimism mindfulness authenticity belonging meaning vitality and i thought to myself they're not just about physical workplace design they're about human how to live a good life. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, how have you come to these six dimensions? Yeah, because I think, as I mentioned in the beginning also, it's so important to look not only into the spaces, but also into the organization. And these two really have to fit together. And we all have to think about people. We are all human beings. And we all have needs and requirements and we all need to feel well, otherwise we can't be creative, we can't work properly, and we can't exchange ideas. So all comes down to the single human being and how this one is really appreciated. And, and where has this come about? Because if we rolled back even 20 years, the idea that you would create um, physical environments for people to work in that would be such, if you like, holistic, uplifting places would have just been seen as, if you like, money wasted. Why would we bother? Hold on a second. They've got a desk. They've got a chair. Where's this, where's this transformation come from? I think this is uh, about the whole culture of the world. Human beings get much more appreciation and it's much more important um, as a single person. 
So before there were lots of people and nobody did care about single persons. So it was a mass of uh, employees, but not very individualistic. And now the world is becoming much more individualistic and it's taking care much more of the single person. So you also want to say something? Yes, come on, Christine. Uh, no, uh, sorry, please, so, come on, Sally. Please, please Sally. jump in. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just reaching so I could get the microphone next. Um, I was going to say, I think another factor in this kind of work happening is that there's more science now. We know more about um, how people experience space so that that material is available to apply. You know, not only um, psychologists, but sociologists, um, even like chemists and physicists have done research that's relevant to our world. Yeah, and I think what also has changed before, everybody was happy to find a job. But now it's shifting, so we don't have so many people for these jobs any longer. So the companies really have to take care of the people so that they really stay with their company. There is not so much loyalty anymore. So people be in a company for one year, for two years, and then they move on to the next one. So the companies really have to think about about the people what keeps them in the job right so this is more and more important absolutely and and would you say sally i mean where does the 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 whole issue of 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 culture regional differences is is a workplace that works in in germany going to work the same in china in venezuela Uh, uh, there are um important basic elements of the workplace, of a good workplace that are found all over the world. But you need to sort of tune those elements for the local culture. Um, For example, all over the world, people need to feel that they have a comfortable level of control over their physical environment. That might be the ability to open a window, adjust lights. They don't want an overwhelming number of choices. They want four or so things they could change about their workplace. That's what research shows is about the right amount. So you do have these core elements, but you have to tailor them based on cultures. For example, um, in more individualistic cultures, people um, will more actively take advantage of those opportunities that you provide them you know, to control their environment. So you have to make sure that they can exercise control without creating an, an ugly space or breaking something, etc. So there's a basic set of elements that are common. You know, it's not only control, it's also having the opportunity to psychologically refresh after doing work that requires concentration. You know, there's a few elements that are that, that are common. Yeah. And, and I think it's also important that companies really see their role also in caring for people so that they help them to support them with health, healthy issues. So this means having uh, different choices of workspaces so that people really stand up, move to a different place, but also to have a a canteen which offers healthy food or to have nice spaces, nice stairs where they use these spaces instead of an elevator so that they don't get lazy and think about this or that the company also offers for half an hour some gymnastics to stretch your neck and to move your head so that people are reminded that they have to live a healthy life yeah also at work and when you uh, provide people with the opportunities to live a healthy life you signal to them 
as an employer that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And, when, and people are very attuned to those signals. That's why things like bathroom design matters so much because that's a signal of how concerned you are about the well-being mm-hmm. and life of yeah. the people who, who, who work for you. So all these signaling devices are very important. And, 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 and where does this play? Because if you go into any organization, people are in a physical environment but they're also in a digital environment and and obviously there's a great deal of attention and a social environment yeah absolutely and and but they're then moving into these digital environments that are very consuming uh very uh kind of absorbing um but how do some of these precepts around wellness and well-being intersect because you're experiencing both worlds if you like yeah i think this is important that you really give choices to the people to experience also the digital work very well Mm. so that you have special rooms also in universities where people can work together from different locations so that you have uh, good techniques so it's really important it works that you have a machine where you can connect and talk to somebody who is thousands of miles away from you. Right, because a digital stress has the same sort of effect on your mind as like a physical stress. Like when we, when mm. we were speaking, it was so hot in here, you know, when you're dealing with I think that, that was you on the stage actually. It was, <laughs> no, it was, I didn't feel it so hot. I didn't, I didn't, you, you, well, well yes. I could actually well, see there we go. lots of different faces <laughs> yeah. where people and people were nodding when I was mentioning it, okay. it was hot, so it must have been, if you were positioned under uh, heat, uh, yeah, uh, the, yeah. Uh, but um you know, I, it's, I like temperature can distract you from the task at hand because it stresses you just as not having digital stuff that works pro- properly, you know, can, and can stress you and divert part of your mental processing power from whatever you're being paid to do. So it's really the same thing in your in your head in the end. And, and uh, I also work a lot for learning spaces for universities. And I think this digital work uh, world offers a lot of opportunities. So think about universities when they always have the first lectures in a large auditorium. They could have these lectures distributed to their students so they can listen to it uh, in groups of four or five and have a discussion in smaller rooms and have a dialogue about this. Because in the future, it's, lot, it's a lot about people peer-to-peer learning. So you learn much more when you explain the things to somebody else. So this is very good. And there are so many options also to invite famous professors, not physically, face-to-face, but have uh, a lecture at your university. And the same is true also for the office. So I think we all travel so much. And uh, I travel since 30 years. Hmm. And always uh, is said, oh, this will change in the future you can have uh, lots of discussions with a video or something like this and it's never true so I think this has really to be improved so it really works in an organization very well. Absolutely and it strikes me and I mentioned Steve Jobs in the tour that I did earlier that that there isn't really the same level of depth of appreciation being given to the the kind of texture, the experience of the digital worlds, yeah. which are as much as... But it's really encouraging, isn't it, that yeah. we're seeing this level of innovation yeah. happening in, 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 the, in the workplaces. And do you still find that you'll get that pushback, which is, and, and why are we going to have to spend that much on this? You know, they, they, people should be 
you know, appreciative of what they've got? Or is it, or are the demographics that you talked about, Christine, around um, needing to re- keep people, are those persuasive enough? Yeah, I think to, to keep young people, you have to acknowledge that they use a lot of digital devices, so it's part of their life. And uh, I wouldn't always say it's only the young people. Mm. I think it's also old ones. I'm very good with digital devices. <laughs> yeah, no, so I think it's really important to have this included in the office environment. So to have a lot of opportunities to use these digital devices. And uh, most often, as I said, also about the tea kitchen it's in a dog room and not very nice and this is true also for the video conferencing mm. so it's always not in a very nice atmosphere and I liked what you have said about Steve Jobs he looked so much into the design for mm. the first iPhone mm. and I would appreciate if somebody would do this also with this video conferencing system mm. or come up I always look ahead when this will mm. happen for a kind of hologram of somebody talking to me mm. from a different location yeah. so it would much more feel like being yeah. a face-to-face talk yeah. but it's it would be not in real life but it would be a hologram but i would think it's very nice yeah. and i'm teaching at um, university in munich and we were testing it five years ago so they have three different locations to to bring holograms to the other locations when giving a speech but it never worked out properly so mm. the technology is not so far in the moment yeah so i think this would be a good opportunity for a company like apple or whoever to do a very nice uh, job on this well i'm i'm yes and uh, And cisco actually put together a very good system a while ago where um the cameras are oriented in in a really um a really well oriented so that um and the projections are lined up perfectly so that um, you seem to be across the table from the people you're at a distance from. Yeah, this is an old technology. I used it when I did the first book because MIT was very good in this. What was the first book? It was the one uh, I wrote for Gunther Henn and Tom Allen. Called? Space... Oh. <laughs> I have to look it up. Oh, right. <laughs> it has such okay. a long <laughs> Well, we can we we can find it in the show notes. Don't yeah, worry, yeah. We'll, we'll get that. But thank you. We'll so, remind you what the book you wrote was called. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and we did a lot uh, with video conferencing in this way. Mm. So we were sitting on a table, and uh, it was really like sitting the, the person across of us. But it was not uh, so well done that you really could see the mimic of the persons. But you'll also find that um, no technology, um, well, technology for a really long time won't replace face-to-face because we not only communicate by, like, the words we speak and, you know, how um, much eye contact we make or whatever, Mm. which is things that Cisco could deal with, but also how close we stand to each other. Like, when you want Mm. to intimidate somebody, you stand very close (laughs) Mm. to them. Mm. Or um, even um, how we smell. Like, if I smell, if I'm happy, Happy, I smell a certain way, and mm-hmm. um, people who smell that happy smell mm. get, get are also um, okay. get get into a good mood. So there's all different f- lines of communication, some of which we don't we can't capture visually. Yeah, and, and can I just ask you, uh, Sally, um, and and when you're running a, a a global company, trying to accommodate. To what extent do you want to try and create the culture for the company globally in this in this physical and digital way? And to what extent do you want to be 
reflective of the key differences? The key differences will always be significant to your um, your employees. They, they won't ignore them. You can um, try to layer on a culture that um, unifies them, but you can't ignore the local. That will, you know, it's yeah. so important to us, so that it can't yeah, be ignored. Absolutely, I think uh, I worked a lot uh, together with a company who did uh, consultancy in the UK, and uh, they had also branches in Germany. And they thought, okay, we transform everything from the UK and bring it to to Germany, and it never worked because the the coloring system was so different. Also, the spaces people wanted to have as their own were so different, and all also, the whole experience is so different. And it was mentioned also before, uh, people from the UK deal much better with noise at, yep. the, at the workspace as do Germans. And okay. Germans have the workers' union. So they are really fighting for, for everything. So it's much more difficult to do so I don't, want to keep you, I don't want to keep you both from your lunch, yeah. but I've got one last question, okay. which is a, a silly we're, question. We're enthusiastic okay. eaters. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the last question is, should we be creating places for people to sleep, like nap at work? Yes. Um, the research consistently shows that when people can um, nap at work, their performance improves. Mm. This, we're talking about a nap that lasts about 20 minutes. It has yeah. to be in a place where people feel secure, like that, um, like nobody's going to like be sneaking up behind them or surprise mm. them, playing jokes on them. Um, but even more important than the physical place you create is creating a culture that allows people to take naps. Yeah, no, because I, I was interesting because we, we, we had a, a meeting with all of our clients yesterday over in King's Cross and I've I've taken five or ten minutes nap since I was about 20 and, and I just and so but trying to find somewhere to do that that was if you like culturally acceptable so I don't look like the CEO CEO is having a sleep and, or a stroke and, uh, or a stroke or whatever you know um, was, was tricky but I, I so I think that's great I think it's it's good to have a space where people can sleep but it's also a cultural difference so in the Asian world it's very usual that people do this okay. in Germany yeah, they put their heads down yeah. lunch and just mm. in Germany it's not so usual no. and I would say it's not about sleeping, but having a room where you can relax. So it's also, so it's also something, meditation. Yeah, uh, meditation. So I, sometimes we also have a nice view in this room right. so people can look at it. Yeah. So I think this is really important. And another point, when you have a company which uh, really has to travel a lot also to the United States and mm. people coming back and having a meeting or something. So when they have this time difference, they need to sleep at a certain point. Otherwise, yeah. They can't work properly. Fantastic. Thank you so much, <laughs> both of you. Thank you so much for um, delaying your lunch and, and for this, and, and I much appreciate it. So thank you, Christine. Thank you, Sally. Thank you very much. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. If you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com and thank you for listening.